0: Two, one, two, three, four. Hey y'all, this is Seba, the Southern Pride Witch. And this is episode 18 of season 2. Well, it is only two days before the deep freeze that is hitting Alabama. And my deepest fears have been realized. All of the pear trees have gone into bloom. Every damn one of them. The mulberry trees have gone into bloom as well. And my brand new almond tree has uh, decided, well, hell with it. I'm going too. So now we have a serious issue. Well, but no, we don't, because I have struggled with this before. I am trying to learn how to accept the inevitable. These trees were confused by 80 and 70-something degree days for weeks and weeks, and now they have done what I don't blame them for doing. How are they to know that winter was going to mess around and come back? Now, we all know it, but they're so organic about things, and It is very painful. I keep going out there and and touching them and begging them to not do this yet. Please wait. Please wait. And still every morning I go out there, there's another handful going. And so I reckon I've decided to just enjoy what I have. Two days of absolute gorgeous flowers and greenery. Because on Saturday, it's going to go down to 23, and it's going to stay under freezing for eight hours. We are definitely losing somebody. Nothing I could do. But while I was out there looking at these gorgeous things, one of them that has never bloomed. In all of the years I've had her, that pear tree has never bloomed. And, well, I feel an Alanis Morissette song coming on, but there you go. Isn't it ironic? she's covered. Well, at least now I know she can. But I guess there's a little bit of let go and let goddess on this because otherwise it's just going to hurt my heart too much. And there may be a year without pears and that's okay. I will live. But I was watching all these pear trees out there and seriously, these are only like six, seven years old, maybe. I don't even know if they're that old. And I got them very young. And it's like they all decided to go the same day. And I found that really, well, kindly sweet. And it got me to thinking about competition. It's something I've never really enjoyed. It's uh, complicated for me. I'm an Aries. And that means a lot of things. But if you know anything about us, you know we don't follow very well (laughs) at all. And we have this... uh, I guess like inherent sense of nobility, and I don't mean the way you think I might, and where if something is our intellectual property or our idea, I tell y'all what, it pisses me off more than anything else in the world for someone to steal that. And there's not a lot of ways you can protect that most of the time. And truth be known, there's just not a lot of reason to. Growing up, My grandma would always write in the right-hand corner of every recipe that she had hand done the name of whoever she had gotten it from. And what was interesting about that is sometimes that person had gotten it from somebody else and there would be several names in that right-hand corner, almost like a tree of life, a lineage of where that recipe had come from because it mattered in the most country way. My grandma was nodding to intellectual property and the primacy of that. Just the decency of respecting that. And I never forgot it. It mattered to me too. To this minute, if I put up a picture on Facebook and it was a plant I got from somebody else, I'm going to mention that. I'm going to give nod to that. For instance, those young pear trees that I have out there, They're from my son's ex girlfriend, who I still love and miss terribly. I always think of her every time I see him. And also, I reckon to be really fair, we don't always know who to give credit to. For one thing, some of us witches are getting old and we may not remember where we got an idea or where we got a ritual or where we learned something. Some of that has just become part of our own body, and after a while, Good luck locating their originator. And I also suppose I can be a little bit strict on this, and it is a pet peeve of mine. If someone is looking at the way I do something and wants to do it too, I always feel like that is a wonderful, I guess, compliment to me that they would want to do that. But, you know, I do get up in my salt if they don't nod to me on it especially if it's, you know, extraordinarily the same idea. (laughs) I'm also learning how to let that go too. But there are some times in my life where I just couldn't let it go, where a friend or a not-so-good friend was literally echoing and replicating everything I did. It kind of makes you feel like you're going crazy, and maybe I was, But I find it also to be a form of gaslighting for someone to say, no, that was my idea. And you damn straight know it was yours and you'd already done it, implemented whatever the plan had been. Makes you second guess yourself after a while. I remember one time I was visiting my mama and my dad. I'm full grown at this time and I have children and went on down there and I'd never been allowed to cook. And that was all right. I I don't remember if it was my mama or my daddy who wanted to always be in control of that. But it doesn't matter. I just begged to be able to cook one night. And I had this, it's a silly little recipe, honestly, a golden onion pork chop recipe that I'd gotten off the back of a Lipton soup mix. So it wasn't mine in any way, shape or fashion. But I had been doing it. I've been doing it for about five years. And so I asked if I could cook for him. And I made this delicious golden pork chop recipe, which I haven't seen in a long time. It's wonderful. Anyhow, my dad was quite the difficult man to please. I adore him, by the way. This is not shade. But he was a type A, a lot like me. He was a Leo, though. Y'all help And I made this thing, and he loved it. So did Mama. Everybody was impressed, and I felt like I finally got a good girl, you know, which I did not get from her growing up. Got from him all the time, but not from her. I got that little pat on the back, and I tell y'all, I was walking on air. Nothing else ever got me that. Not my publications, not my graduating with any degree. Nothing. But that got me something, and so I had won. And it rocked on. We went on home, and several months on down the line, my brother and his wife had come down to visit them afterward. And Mama and I were on the telephone, and she started talking about this wonderful golden onion pork chop that they had come up with and gave her complete credit for this. And y'all may think I'm silly, but no, I was much younger, much younger. This is almost, uh, well, no, it is 20 years ago or more. Feels like yesterday, and I think that's what trauma always feels like. And it just broke my heart. I argued with her. I tried to remind her I'm the one who made the pork chops. I think she started to remember in the middle of this conversation. So what she did was just shut me down and tell me I was being ridiculous because I wanted credit for this but it meant something. Well, at least it meant something to me. And that's the kind of thing I wanted to talk about today. And these moments may seem a little mundane to some of y'all, but it does hurt your feelings sometimes when someone doesn't give you credit, doesn't it? Does to me anyway. I was, um, I'm working on my porch. I'm trying to redo my whole porch. And over in Patreon, I've been asking them for color ideas. I'm kind of letting those supporters over there decide, although I did go on and paint my rocking chair purple the other day without pre-approval. So (laughs) anyway, I'm working on that porch. I think I know where it's going to go now. And we were looking at this beautiful little divine table. I love it. It's golden and then it has indigo and periwinkle and purple in it. They're just little tiles that go on the top. And it's been my favorite thing for years. And my husband looked at it and he said, oh, yeah, I remember when I got that for you. And I said, no, you didn't. And of course, you know, he's getting older, too. And he just forgot that that was not the table he got for me. And I was teasing him. And I brought this up to my son who came home and was sitting on the front porch on the swing. And I said, hey. He tried to take credit, baby. And I tell you what, my oldest son got really uncomfortable with that because he had bought it for me for Mother's Day and it had meant something and he just wanted to be remembered for that. And I know the feeling. Of course, that wasn't on purpose. It was just what we do. We forget what goes with what, but it matters. You know, from all of the pottery I have way up high on a very tall shelf all the way across my living room. Beautiful pottery made by my friend Jody that she has signed on the bottom, and they are really my pride and joy. I'd probably try to run out of this house with all of them in my arms if there was a fire. But these little moments, these creations, these ideas, everything we do, it's not so much that We are being selfish and wanting to have proper attribution to those creations. It really is just history, you know, the history of a love, the history of a friendship, the history of an idea, who we've been and where we've been, and it matters. But when I see people taking intellectual property from someone else, or, you know, I know I'm a little bit of a purist, even an idea, and never give them a nod. That speaks to something else now, don't it? That speaks to... Well, we'll just start with competition. Now, years ago, and I don't want to throw too much shade on the actual situation, but I had a situation in my life where someone was literally copying everything I did. I'm not going to get into the details because it may out it. I'm going to leave it there. And it became just exhausting. And there was an element of competition to it. One of the things that drives me nuts about competition is that, I mean, for crying out loud, do you? Everyone has so much to offer on their own. They're just these beautiful, diverse, creative creatures. Why imitate somebody else? Maybe get a good idea and then run with it, make it your own. But I don't know. It's always kind of made me sick in my stomach to compete. And when I stood up to this human being, they told me that competition was an American concept and we all need it. (laughs) All I could hear was capitalism, 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 you know, and I said, well, yeah, but at the same time, it can be a friendship killer and it doesn't make any sense to steal somebody else's ideas, do your own thing. I'll tell you what, if you steal somebody else's ideas, you usually end up running out of steam. You run out of whatever that creativity is because you don't have it on your own for that particular project or idea. And you're going to end up, well, in a pile of shit. It's not natural to your body or your mind. It's somebody else's hat. But the other thing is that competition, especially between women and no, I don't know if that's true across the board. I'm saying that because that is the experience I have had. The competition between us, y'all, I don't see that as anything but negative. I'm sorry. I really don't. You know, it gets back to that whole crabs in a bucket thing. My partner told me about years ago. I don't think I've ever seen crabs in a bucket, but either he had or he had a story. And every time one tried to get out of that bucket, Another crab, grab that foot and hold him down so you never need a lid on a bucket of crabs. They're going to keep pulling each other down, trying to get over the back of whoever is on top. And I reckon that's what I hate about competition is that um, we aren't getting anywhere, (laughs) y'all. No one getting to the top that way. Well, uh, to be fair, I don't care about being at the top. (laughs) I do care about getting out of a damn bucket, though, if somebody wants to fry my ass. And a lot of people want to fry the asses of witches. So, I don't know. Just seems like we ought to help each other up as much as possible. And I don't feel that stealing somebody's intellectual property in any way, shape, or form, from a recipe to a meme to a concept, I just don't, um, I don't see that as helping. I see that as only caring about getting out of that bucket. But honey, you're getting out of that bucket with somebody else's tools. Those aren't your tools. Those, well, they need proper recognition. You know, it to me, all of these things tie back to each other. I give the ancestors the recognition they're due. I thank the trees. I try to look at everything as a whole and thank anything or anyone. Who has ever supported a dream of mine? All right, I want to be more honest with y'all. I hate competition so much because part of me was like that growing up. Part of me was very competitive, very cutthroat. I have attempted to draw that out with a sharp bloody knife from my soul. And it's so significant that I refuse to play board games. Uh, There's only one I'll play. It's a family game and it's fair. But I would go to my family's house even as a grown woman in my 40s and they would beg me to play all these um, board games that could get kind of cutthroat. And now I know I'm an extreme example, but I remember one game in particular and they were just pushing me to do this and it was a setup. I knew it was a setup. I didn't want to do it. I was laying down, listening and enjoying the sounds of them having a good time. But in my family, if I succeeded, it was an affront to everyone around me. So I knew better than to play. There's no way I was going to have everybody hate me, especially at Christmas time. So I refused to go, and they were losing. My side was losing. I was over there leaning with them, the womenfolk. I really do hate that when they put the womenfolk up against the menfolk. What is that about? More competition, I reckon. Well, anyhow, they were about to lose, and the little hourglass that came with the game was running out of time. And so, amidst all of their prodding, I sat straight up and I answered all of those questions in a quick, One, two, three, row. And there was a reason I knew it so well. It was a horror movie category. And I had every single name of those horror movies and their directors. It was my thing, right? It was my shtick. And right as that last little drop of sand was about to fall, my sisters got angry with me and wanted me to shut up because they weren't being able to participate. And so I got really quiet and laid back down no one knew the answer and we lost and no one talked to me for the rest of the night that's the other side of competition when someone's doing something really well and we can't bear it we just can't take it that's ugly too well and then everybody lost everybody on that side all women lost the game you see i just think there's got to be a better way especially for us witches I've seen over and over that when witches support each other as much as they possibly can, well, y'all, when we do that, our power is stronger and we already know this. This is the reason we coven up. This is the reason we call a sister when we need help with a spell. This is what we know when people get together and raise energy, pray on something. It's so antithetical to the craft, as far as I can see, and so antithetical to magic itself to try to cut another down. I find it ironic, again, isn't this ironic, that when I went out there to look at those pear trees I told y'all about, the old aging mother pear tree had her arms wrapped around everybody. It was so sweet. She knows she's done. We all do. No pear tree lives as long as this old gal, but the little saplings around her, they're getting energy from her. They're sharing that. I would like to believe they're all celebrating the one young sapling that got all of its blooms first. Also think about how much time we throw in competition period, and honestly, how much damn time I've seen people give cutting down other witches. It's extraordinary, that kind of energy they're throwing at that. Which could have been used for anything. I mean, hell, make yourself a damn pie, y'all. You are wasting all this energy. But I mean, do you? I don't do witch wars anymore. I simply won't participate. It's really hard to fight with somebody who won't throw back. I just stand there and shake my head at them. Possibly something else, you know, but hey, I'm not going to engage in that kind of completely negative, antithetical witchcraft. Not going to have anything to do with it. Unless we're talking about Russia, but I'll save that for another time. I believe that as witches, if we could just take our own damn lessons to heart, well, I think the world would get a whole lot more magical. You know, we already know what the trees do. We already know that their roots are talking to each other and sending sugars and love and messages. We know that that's what the world of mycelium does. And we will preach on about that and tell everybody about how wondrous it all is. Look how magical that is. And we don't do it for each other. Not nearly enough. So what if somebody doesn't worship the way you do? What if they want to wear a pointy hat? What if they don't want to wear a hat? What if they're Wiccan? Who cares? They still identify as somebody who is working with the craft, and that makes them kin. I don't think that that means that we should never, you know, have ourselves a righteous moment in the sun. Sometimes a person or two does need a finger wagged at them, but I see a lot of petty shit, and we're not made for that. We're made for standing outside with fireflies dancing on our fingertips, speaking to the stars and sinking into the bones of our land. We're made for something bigger. We're made for healing. We're made for, well, occasionally taking down a dictator or two. We're made for something better. Now, listen, I am from the land of passive aggression cutdowns. Believe me, I have grown up 55 years, about to be 56, on April 4th. Here we go, getting old. And that's a lot of damn time to hear somebody say, Well, honey, you're so brave to wear that shirt. Well, I would never do that at my age, but look at you. Or, oh my goodness, I love those shoes. Not very practical, but I could see why you wouldn't want to wear them to something like this. Just that bullshit we do to each other. Damn, we don't even need the patriarchy half the time. Most of us are employed by it. And when sisters are doing this to each other, and also brothers are doing this to each other, whatever you want to call it, that's not to me. That is not magical. That is anything but what the trees do. That is anything but what mycelium does. All those wondrous analogies we love to talk about. While we're getting all up in our salt about how somebody pronounced something. (laughs) Uh, I don't give a damn how you pronounce athame. Y'all don't know how many times I've heard this one. I will call it what I want to. I'm an English professor. I have a doctorate in philosophy. I know that the power of words is there. And I get that if my meaning is attached to a word and I mispronounce it or draw it out a little bit, it still has the same meaning. Y'all, I'm way off my topic. But what I mean to say is, well, I reckon it's this. I have reached a certain age where my style, my ideas, who I am, the way I breathe and think and love and have sex and cook dinner is significantly all mine. I don't want to be anybody else. Why would I want that? I've spent all these decades, half a century, becoming this. Who knows what I will still become. So I don't need to copy somebody else's hair. I don't need to worry about what other people think about the way I talk. I don't need to celebrate when a friend, a sister witch, or a neighbor falls in something. What I'd rather do is work with folks who are into this whole delicious ride of becoming and want to help everybody around them because they want them to become too. And I promise y'all, it does feel better when you get inspired by somebody else in this world to give them credit. Y'all know the logo, my chicken logo that's on my website. I fell in love with that painting. It was an Etsy seller, bless her. And I was looking around for inspiration for a profile logo and saw it. I've never wanted something more in my whole life. (laughs) Well, that's not true. One of my kids, I wanted my husband. Y'all know what I'm saying. It was exactly what I saw for the podcast. It was exactly who I am right now. and. The problem was it belonged to somebody else. I think y'all know what I'm talking about. It's that white chicken with a black witch hat on. Anyhow, I did buy the painting. And she undercharges for her work. She's absolutely brilliant. But I did buy it. And then afterward, I realized I had the object, but she had done all the work. And so I asked her for the copyright. I did because I want to be able to use it put it on t t-shirt, which we do have those t-shirts over in Patreon. I think the only one we have up right now is, um, save a chicken, from the patriarchy with this beautiful chicken's head, but I'm working on more. Anyhow, she willingly gave me the copyright and told me I didn't need to worry about crediting her, but y'all, I couldn't do it. So to this day, if you go to my website, you will see she is credited as a contributor Her wonderful artwork is linked there. I'm just buttered toast over the fact that she let me do it, but I'm never going to pretend it's mine. What it becomes from the moment she let it go might end up being part mine, but the inspiration, the art, and the work is hers, and she will get credit for that. I just don't think we're being uppity or selfish or egotistical if we want credit for our work. You know, that kind of concept, the being ashamed of having any pride in your work or your ideas or your art, that's a Christian one. We witches, we don't need that crap. We can be as proud as we want to be. If we work really hard on something, I'm going to show everybody me be like, look, y'all, <laughs> and then celebrate. And I would hope my sisters and brothers would celebrate with me. Now, I will say I do think there's a difference between celebrating and disingenuously rubbing somebody's nose in something. For instance, if I got a job and somebody else didn't, it would be really shitty of me to go on and on and on about how wonderful my opportunity was right in front of that person. But y'all know what I mean. I think you know what I mean. And if not, just let me tell you. Some of my grandma's recipes have entries on the right hand side that go all the way down the card. Aunt Bessie got it from this woman who got it from her uncle or his wife, and it just goes all the way down. And when I look at that, I think to myself, you were proud of the history of this, weren't you, grandma? If I saw a card that didn't have an entry on the right hand side, whew, y'all, that was hers. And when I entered it into my recipe book, I put grandma in the right-hand corner. That's just the right thing to do. But even past that, why would we want to be something that we're not? Why would we want somebody else's coat and walk around in it and stomp and get all kinds of, Oh, isn't that pretty? Look at you when it's not your coat. I have a very distinctive self, and it took all of these years to make it. I'm crazy in love with long scarves. I have a small collection, used to be more. (laughs) I love them so much. Back when I was in grad school 20-something years ago, one of my professors that was on my dissertation team, well, we were having a beer, and there were a lot of other folks there, you know, from the department, and he said, oh, that's like that actress. You wear these long scarves, and one day you could get caught in a wheel, and you have your head taken off. And I thought that was rightly shitty of him to say. <laughs> and I never did stop wearing them. like a really long and really thin. Gosh, I guess I look ridiculous. I even wear them in the summer. And it gets hot as hell down here, y'all. My hair's maybe an inch at the longest. Now, let me see. Holding out. Oh, that piece right there is about an inch and a half. It used to be black, uh, jet black. And in the pandemic, I just. Got tired of it and went, I'm not dying my damn hair anymore. So now it's salt and pepper. I'm only five foot one. Used to be five foot two. Y'all, time is a bitch. (laughs) So I do not wear prints ever, ever, ever. I love flowers, but I don't want them on my shirt. I overthink everything. I stress out if I think I said the wrong words. I will apologize to somebody in the middle of the night if I think that is what has happened. I'm too tender. I cry about damn trees. Y'all don't even know. Stay up all night over a damn freeze because a tree's gonna get injured and it's a little leaves. I'm I'm rightly ridiculous for real, y'all. I hate poetry. I know, but I hate it. But I write it pretty well. (laughs) And I've even had a couple of pieces published. I'm a goddess worshiper. I don't do pantheons, but I've got friends who do. And I love them. And I think it's cool shit. And I've got all kinds of statues of beautiful goddesses because, well, nothing has ever given me as much peace and joy as the idea of the Great Mother. I can write like you have never seen in your life, been published by Rutledge in different countries, but hey, wait, I also talk like this. I can be stubborn as a damn mule. I've never been able to cook fried chicken rot, and y'all, that is really messed up in my neck of the woods. But I am a fine cook, otherwise. Most people who know me know that if you apologize to me and you meant it, I'll forgive you almost any manner of sin. Well, you know what I mean by sin. I've got weird idiosyncrasies. I mean, really strange. I'm terrified of crickets, but I love the sound of them. I'm in love with spiders. Absolutely downright in love. But if one crawls on me, I'm going to scream like a banshee. I've always wanted to paint. And I've never attempted it. Hmm. Don't know what that's about. What I'm saying is I'm very significantly me. Why would I want to be anybody else? And why would anybody want to try to be me? It's such a relief to celebrate who we are. It's such a relief to be able to say, well, to my sister podcast, And a couple of other podcasts I'm so proud of y'all Y'all are doing amazing work I've listened to y'all down there working on my tomatoes I have a little speaker I hang up And I listen to y'all And while sometimes I might not agree with everything I think you're doing great work And I call you kin There is no need in anything else It's antithetical to changing the world Being an asshole It's antithetical to being happy being a dickhead, and it's antithetical to magic to be an asshat. We have to save those moments. There are dictators that need a little comeuppance. You feel me? There are people that we actually need to go after and work very hard to change the trajectory of where the world's going. I'm not going to do it to one of my own. Y'all know I just want to say something right quick. Science Witch Podcast, y'all. Rock. I love you both so much. And the fact that you are supporting my podcast on Patreon (laughs) and I'm supporting yours is about the sweetest damn thing since sugar pie. And that, y'all, is who we need to be. Like the trees, sending sugars, sustenance, energy, and creating one hell of a magical web we are going to have to jump some of these trenches just because the witch isn't just like you. There is no need in this kind of disparagement I've been seeing online. And if you're not a witch, this all applies. Be nicer to people in your church, honey. Stop casting all that damn shade at people. Let them wear white shoes after Labor Day. And for crying out loud, women, stop making fun of other women's bodies. What the hell is that about? I went through menopause and I got this wonderful little goddess bump on my stomach. And it is the same one that holds a uterus that has birthed three beautiful children. And one of them has birthed a child. I am not ashamed of my stretch marks or that little bit of weight and that curve. My cellulite, well, damn, I think it looks good. And I've outright stopped taking that Botox. I used to do that. Sometimes I want to, real bad. But I earn these wrinkles And I've got to learn how to live with myself And be authentic and true But ain't nobody taking that lipstick from me, Mm -mm y'all My MAC lipstick goes with me everywhere I go (laughs) I've even got instructions for folks On the day I die Keeping it Because I am a beautiful, fucked up, diverse individual And so are you So those are my thoughts on competition, honey bunnies. And bat children, we gotta do better as a magical community. We are so full of infighting. Let's cut that shit out a little bit, can we? The world is, well, it's burning. We gotta do better. I love y'all all. all. Christian, witch, solitary, wiccan, dianic, asatru, heathen. Y'all rock, man. Look at you all sexy ass selves. Let's practice what we preach a little bit. What do y'all think? All right, I reckon I'll hush on up now. I do want to give two shout outs. Amy K. and Kimberly S. I haven't had time to ask them exactly how they want me to say their names on the podcast, so I just reckon I will use initials. Thank y'all for becoming Patreon supporters. It means so much to us. We actually do need the support, so... I appreciate that. I do more over there I reckon than I do anywhere else, but y'all, they're supporting me so hard they get extra. And finally I haven't told anybody publicly yet, but I am working on a book, not the one that I told y'all about all those years ago. Life well, just got too hard to pull that off. I have a huge draft and maybe one day. But the one I'm working on right now, I'm very excited about. And I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all because I'm asking y'all not to steal my idea. (laughs) I'm going to do a book on farming and magic. I've looked at great length to see if anything is out there on the subject. And I mean, other than the Fendhorn Garden, I'm not seeing much. I see a lot about gardening and magic, but not a lot about farming and magic. And I reckon that could have a lot to do with one's um, customers, especially in the Deep South. You're not going to see that. So I've got a decent draft. I'm very excited. And I've already talked about four of my witch friends who also farm. And they're going to do some submissions for this. But if you know anybody or you are both farmer and witch, and you also can write really well, Pop me an email about this and we'll talk over the specs. I can take maybe two more for this collection. And what we're talking about in the book is the intersectionality of farming and the craft. Now, the USDA defines farmen as somebody who makes at least $1,000 a year off of their product. I think that that's kind of bullshit. And I am arguing with that. I believe that farming is a deep connection with the land wherein you do get back food most of the time, as opposed to just like gardening azaleas or some such. Although, believe me, I do love y'all gardeners, and I was one for God 30 years, so I do get it. But if you do farm, and you do right and you are a witch, holler at me over at seba at southernpridewitch.com. And let's see if we might can include you in this. All right, I just turned in grades for two graduate classes and my eyes are broken. <laughs> They're bleeding. I'm exhausted. And I wanted to get something out for y'all this week. Love y'all like chicken. Blessed be. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the Deep South.